0: Hi, neighbors, Samuel here. So glad to be back in the swing of things. A couple weeks ago, I was battling something fierce. So it feels great to be back and uh, to have this opportunity to talk to you before the episode starts. I only have one announcement, um, which is an update on a project mom and I have been working on for the past couple months. It's a new website for JHR Counseling. If you go to jhrcounseling.com, You'll see something that Mom and I have both worked really hard on. Um, There's a bunch of uh, new information on there. Um, There's a blog that Mom has started that you can subscribe to. Uh, There is also a bunch of resources that you can check out, one of which being the entire Community Roots back catalog of all our episodes. So you can go uh, to jhrcounseling.com, Click on Community Roots and listen within her website without having to um, click on anything else or go anywhere else or have anything installed. So I'm really excited about that. I worked pretty hard on it and would love if you checked it out. So, again, that's jhrcounseling.com. Uh, thanks so much, mom. I know she worked as hard as well. So that's pretty much all I have before we start the episode. Special thanks to Betsy uh for being a part of this week's Off the Beaten Path. I hope you all will enjoy the episode and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards.
1: I'm Julie Richards.
0: And we are live and in person again. Yay! Worthington, Ohio. And this week, uh, we are off the beaten path with Betsy Ferrissey. Welcome, Betsy, to the show. Thanks,
2: Samuel. Thanks, Julie. I appreciate it. Happy to be here.
1: So glad you're here. Oh my gosh. I'm oh so my excited God. about this. So I want to tell our listeners that Betsy and I went to grad school together at our stomping grounds of Wright State University Woo-hoo. and did all kinds of bonding in our classes and good experience.
2: Yes, definitely a great experience.
1: It's a lot of fun there. It was good to um, reconnect after we, so we both are therapists and um, I guess it was a year ago that I did, was it a year or two ago? Oh, <laughs> How does time do that? Where it's just like, was that a year and a half or two years? Anyways, did a training and Betsy came back for it. She's moved out of the area, but I'm sharing her story and I should let her do that. So if you.
0: Yeah, I wanted to quick shout out mom before you start your story, Betsy, um, which is uh, she's totally been a good alumni coming back and uh, showing up for teachers protests uh, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, That was with Beth
1: Yeah, Uh Yeah, whenever they were on strike. When Wright State yeah. was on strike, we went to the courthouse,
0: something.
1: the something was, in Columbus where what was the building? Statehouse. There are
0: so many different government buildings downtown. But anyway, yeah, it, Judge we ruled. We showed on, up at
1: the court hearing for
0: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it was packed. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um, Betsy, how about you tell us a little bit about your kind of mental health journey and how you ended up as a therapist? Oh,
2: wow, thanks. Um. So I definitely, as we were talking about earlier, didn't come out of the womb as a therapist. Um, I, uh, I actually uh, went to school with a, and ended up with a political science undergrad, um, which is very far away from therapy, uh, and then played golf. And I was a golf pro for many years at several different golf clubs in Ohio and then in Kansas. And I did a lot of teaching and really enjoyed that. Um, Crazy. I know. Then after that, um, my husband I, I was married, and my husband and I decided to have kids, and the golf business wasn't going to be a way to – wasn't going to be helpful in raising a family because it's very busy, and uh, everybody's holiday is, like, your biggest work day of the year. So it's just, it just doesn't doesn't jive real well with that. So, um Decided to, to just be a mom for a while, and I did that, and we moved back to Dayton and um, kind of felt the need to, to do something different and realized that my favorite part of, of being a golfer was teaching and working with people and then seeing that, like, light bulb moment that people have when, when something, when they just, when it clicks and when they get it. And wanted to find a way to, to help people with that. And, and that's, that's how Julie and I met at grad school at Wright State.
1: That kind of reminds me of counseling a little bit because there's that aha moment that a client has in session. And I always think of it as these are the synapses in your brain making new connections and all those neurotransmitters firing and all the good stuff that happens whenever people have their kind of insight click for them yes yes
2: and i think you know when that happens it's such a special moment right to be, be able to witness that with someone and to be able to see their eyes kind of brighten up and it's like oh now i understand now that makes sense
1: and maybe you've seen or our listeners too have seen like that meme that has what counseling looks like is how it's all tangled up. And then as you start to talk about it, it all untangles the
2: yarn. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
1: That's 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 that idea of making sense together and how we can feel really conflicted and overwhelmed. And then as we talk things through, things can kind of be like a puzzle piece. Everything fits together and makes more sense. And then you feel more resolved, Mm -hmm. untangled. Yes. A great way to say that. Right that
2: untangled feeling is, um, I think that's such a a great visual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say with, I, I, I don't know, you know, I've never met a professional golfer. And I would say too, that there's gotta be a book there. Like there's a book waiting to be written there about like, I used to be hitting holes in ones, and now I'm going like now I'm okay with just getting the chips. Right. Just I don't know. You you can.
1: There should be some parallel, maybe. Yeah,
0: you know some of the way Maybe lingo. like pl- playing I can from just... the
1: rough or something.
0: Yes, yeah. something like that. You've yeah. already got it. You've got it down.
2: To line up your fourth putt, something along. Those lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: think that uh, book is already written. But, you know. maybe like meditation on the golf course mm-hmm. or something, you know, that's just like, can you tie can the see two worlds together, you know, there's a, there's a market there or something. I think
2: you guys might be onto something. This might be our next journey. Yeah.
0: Here. TMR. Yeah. I, I want to say, uh, I get a portion of those proceeds. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. So yeah. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, being a mom and I was curious, uh, how, just cause you know, my mom is a therapist, how, how your therapy kind of intercedes with you being a mom and um, how you interact with your kids and stuff like that.
2: Wow. Good question. Um, Well, I can tell you that there are times where my kids will look at me and say, stop being a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: um, Yep. I've been given that.
2: (laughs) And which is, is kind of like, Oh, Oh yeah. But um, you know, I've learned a lot. I think that this has probably been one of the biggest benefits to this journey is that I've learned so much about um, the brain and just emotional regulation for to helping clients. And, and in a way, that's really helped me as, as a parent um, to understand, you know, the, the temper tantrums and to understand the, the struggles that the kids are going through and to recognize that the behavior is, is communicating something to me. And, um, and so that, I think that's, that's not something that everybody, um, necessarily has had access to. And I feel very grateful for that piece. So I think it's made me a better mom in a lot of ways.
0: Do you get those same aha moments with your kids where they're like, uh-huh, or is that kind of reserved for your...
2: It's more like, uh-huh, more like no, uh-huh.
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of attitude with right, it. Right, right, more like,
2: uh-huh, whatever, <laughs> no, um the aha moments with my kids come when we're both really feeling regulated and when we connect and, you know, sometimes it lasts a second and sometimes it lasts, you know, longer than that. And those are those aha moments. I think with my kids where you really, where I get you and you get me and, you know, we're right there with each other.
0: You know, we were talking about this a little bit um, before we started recording, but essentially I, I was curious, you know, how as a therapist and a mom, did you deal with kind of summer vacation and kind of so much time spent together? And then maybe, you know, follow up question is, how are you dealing with this sort of school situation with kids all the time at home?
2: So for the summer vacation, we had a lot of fun yeah we had a lot of fun. I think being a therapist, Julie, as you know, like a lot of times your your sessions occur in the afternoon and in the evening and um and so you don't might you might not get home every day until six or seven o'clock and um and so you don't necessarily get a ton of those hours that you would normally You know, like to have with your kids, and so being home and working from home, although it's very different uh, than being in the office with someone, I, I, I think in a lot of ways it's been a blessing because I've spent every day with my kids, and and our dogs and our you know and everything that that happens around here and all of that. It's been a lot of fun. We've had a really good time. So, I think there's also been times where it's been you know a little bit difficult um you know people get on each other's nerves and you've kind of had enough but at the same time I feel like I have to find the positive in this and and for me that's it. that's it getting to spend a whole bunch of time with my family so
1: a little bit of victor frankl there finding the meaning mm-hmm. absolutely like what's What's helping it be a positive thing and something that really helps connect you and bring your family together. Mm -hmm. I would say what I'm noticing just in hearing people's stories that for the most part, people are able to find, you know, I'm glad that I could slow down. I'm glad that we could have more family time. I'm glad that we could be home more. Um, what, What do you share with your clients or find for yourself? For encouragement whenever this feels so long and the cumulative effect of stress and the indefinite amount of time that we're doing this for all of that like uncertainty mm. what sustains yeah. you in the middle of that personally or that you share with others
2: um i would ha- probably just laughter just enjoyment of you know whether that's trying to be in the moment um with you know at home it would be you know with the kids or or something like that or um with the dogs and the kids and the in the pool or whatever and then i would say with my clients at the same time it it's you know letting them know and being being honest with them because i i do work with um mostly with kids and i, I don't think i mentioned this before usually from like age 3 to 43. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, being honest, especially the younger kids, just being saying, you know, this is going to end at some point. There will be a sense of normalcy. It's not going to be right now, you know? Um, and it's uncomfortable and just kind of trying to normalize that for them and let them know that, that, yeah, it's kind of weird for us too kind of strange you know um and I think like we were talking about earlier just saying to to people you know you can only do the things that you can do and I know it sounds so uh, trite but you know washing your hands wearing a mask you know social distancing those are the things that we can do and the rest of it we don't get there's not a lot we can control in there
1: and definitely, maybe adding to that, those are the physical things, but to the emotional mental, you know, taking care of being in nature, going on walks, you know, helping your body have nutrients and hydration, and just like your overall well-being and strength as a person is going to help sustain you through. Yeah.
2: I definitely that being out in nature is such a huge thing. Don't you think? It's, uh,
1: there's so much detail that you can find. There's someone that I follow, um, that I really appreciate, uh, who takes like meditation walks and films, Facebook live videos, and will just kind of focus in on a flower and the detail of it, and then scope back out and like walk through and you're seeing nature, like as if you're on that virtual walk with her and just the you know, you can kind of get swept away in a place of peace Mm -hmm. of just being able to see the different colors in nature and the detail and textures and shapes. And it's really like an artistry. Yeah, All of nature is an art, you know, there's just so much there that you could kind of relax your nervous system with or find peace with or joy or fun. Sure, just sure. noticing the things in nature.
2: Talk about being in the moment, right? That's amazing, you know. And like to to your point on that, it, I think some of the best sessions that I've had working with kids is when we've gone outside and gone for walks, or just just to talk. You know, that regulating activity of being outside, being you know in the sun, and and then the the repetitive and rhythmic um walking that you're doing. I think it really kind of helps to regulate regulate the brain, really, and make it a lot easier and to to have some of those difficult conversations.
0: Yeah, walking and talking, that's one of my favorite things to do for sure. I, I wanted to add on to the nature sort of thing as well, because I just went on a huge bike ride this past weekend where I was biking for like six hours straight. And that's not for everyone, right? Um, but I think just like, once I got to the end of it, I was like, how long has it been days, weeks? (laughs) And, you know, my brain had just done that reset of just being so into, and I find it really easy to be in the moment, you know, in nature, sometimes, uh, I get distracted by everything, which is, I guess, pretty good. But what I like about exercising is I really feel my body and I really feel kind of grounded in those moments. So just to kind of also give a pitch for getting on your bike and yeah, we mentioned walking as well, but um, just that exercise. Cause then, you know, your brain just kind of reverts into something maybe simpler with physical memory or just like, and so you, it's, it's easier to not have to worry about a lot of stuff and not to kind of have those cyclical thoughts of like, we're trapped in this COVID situation, you know. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And I think that movement that you're talking about. And where did you go on your bike ride? I guess.
0: Uh, we biked to Yellow Springs. Oh, okay. Oh, and back, yeah. Oh
2: wow, that is a very long bike ride.
0: It was awesome though, and it it actually wasn't that bad of weather, so it kind of made it. I will say my like legs were burning by the end. I, of bet, it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, and we took a day off in between and it was much needed.
1: And thinking too about, about nature and just all of our different senses, like our brain is taking in that, like this incredible sensory diet to be able to see and hear. And I'm really big on, um, even noticing the texture and the feeling of different, leaves or like I'll just look at it like kind of taking it all in, like just kind of appreciating all the detail in it. That there's you know, you can pause and listen. What are the you know, hearing the breeze blow through the trees, um, hearing birds. Like it's just I think it's very grounding. Very life giving.
0: This is just a tidbit for anybody who lives in Hilliard and this might be a little bit off, but I wanted to say mom that Noah and I used to walk around all the time near the Hilliard house. So, uh, in that wood trail area, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. There's actually mushrooms that glow in the dark and we took it to our (laughs) professor and, uh, we showed it to her. And anyway, uh, I mean, um, it was kind of a stressful time. So it was a good, like kind of mini break, but anyway, just to say, if you go hiking in those woods, you could totally find some, glow in the dark. Oh, Just make sure Luna doesn't eat them on your <laughs> on your dog walks.
1: The things you can find. That's, cool. yeah,
2: that's funny you know it, you're reminding me of of like being I don't know like being younger um, probably 6th, 7th grade something in there and we grew up in a in a house that had a, a creek behind it so it went out and then down into the creek and that was probably my favorite place to be, with my brothers. We called it we called it crick slopping. Let's go crick slopping.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, but we could spend hours down there, you know, and just looking at things and finding things and you know, I think dig I, in the dirt so, look for bugs. Of course, of course. I never found glow in the dark mushrooms, but I, I'll have to go to Hilliard and find those.
0: Yeah, seriously. Who would have thought? Oh, that's cool. Um. Yeah, you know, just having that mindset I think has helped, maybe a curious mindset, one that's more childlike to be able to say to just wonder out about things, maybe takes the pressure off of COVID and maybe just like makes your brain kind of I don't know, become more fluid instead of more kind of stuck into it its extremes. I think that could be be a definite definite useful practice for sure. Yeah, Betsy, you you said you mostly deal with children. You know, you mostly uh, uh, work with children. I'm curious, in, in this COVID world with school and stuff, what are some tips that you recommend for parents, um, both like in school and just in general with just so much face-to-face time with these, uh, their kin, <laughs> <laughs> um, their offspring? These kiddos.
2: So I, I think that... I guess first and foremost, like I believe everybody is doing the best job they can. I think everybody is is really they're trying to do the best that they can do, and um whether you're at home with your children trying to trying to just make sure they're getting to the class and and you know having lunch and those kinds of things, or whether you're home and you're working and your kids are going to school and and it feels really chaotic. I, I think all of those things are, you know, valid and difficult at times. Um, from a, a tip standpoint, I would say taking care of yourself, like from a parent standpoint, making sure that that you're regulated as much as you can be, because it's a difficult time. And staying, you know. The more regulated that we stay as parents and the more um, calm internally calm and peaceful that we are that's that's going to reflect on our kids, and our kids are going to pick up on that so if i am uh, if I am running around and talking about how difficult this is and how awful or, or frustrating or whatever, my kids are going to pick up on that, and they're going to begin to spin up two but if I stay calm and as as much as possible because there will be moments where I'm not and but if I do the best that I can and I stay regulated then my kids are going it's going to be easier for them to stay regulated and to stay to be able to to sit through class and it's not easy um I have two kids that are probably um, there's probably a little ADHD in there, there's probably a little anxiety in there, but for the most part, you know, neurotypical, and um, and they are, they're struggling, you know, and, and we're like three days in, and, you know, in the afternoon, my daughter got her, uh, her yoga ball, and she's just bouncing away, trying to stay focused in class, and so, you know, whatever it takes if it's a fidget if it's a yoga ball if it's a snack is if it's um you know whatever it is to to help your child to be successful be able to 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 make it through through school and to take in as much information as they can that's that's great and if it's uh, if it's just helping your child stay regulated that's great too
0: I was curious, you know, um, I do know a couple single, um, child situations where there's just one child and, you know, even if you have more than one kid, uh, how do you kind of, well, what's your, what's your recommendation or kind of maybe your thoughts on trying to fulfill that social, um, that social need of your child while still being, you know, like an adult, right? Like their parent. Um, but you know, that's difficult. So I was just curious what you thought about that.
2: Sure. Well, I think some of the things that that I know people have done, um, you know, are to to get together with people and and continue to social distance and do the things that we should, you know, that we need to be doing. But also, I I encourage parents to play with their kids, be with your children, have fun with your kids, whatever that is, uh, you know, and, and to be silly. I think playing with your kids and having that joy that, that you can have, um, or that wholeness that you can have of, of just being silly and having fun. Um, not only does that kind of help you to relax and have a good time and, and, you know, but it also builds the connection with your child, you know, it, it increases it and it it makes it, uh, just strengthens it. You know, so, so those are some things that, that I would recommend. I know we've had water balloon fights. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, in our area, there are a lot of people doing Pokemon Go. Do you remember that from, like, five years ago? That's That's been blaring up again. So, things like that. Yeah. Going for hikes. i have done a lot of that, too. That's been really helpful. Any sort of movement thing, I think, getting back to that nature. You know, if we dose movement throughout the day and you, you, you know, you wake up and and you go for a walk or something like that, you take the dogs for a walk and then you come back and then at lunchtime, you know, maybe you, you do something else. Um, Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's just dance on the, you know, video game or something like that. Something with the movement. Um, I know my, there's a, there's a game out now called Ring Fit Ring or Ring Fit which is another movement video game. So, you know, you don't have to leave the house and still get that, that movement in. And so if you do that throughout the day, then you get to the end of the day and you've got a kid that's really kind of well-regulated and, and is, you know, and feels good at, instead of having a kid that's been kind of stuck all day. And just that, that dysregulation has increased and increased and increased. So, um, You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot easier for them. It'll be a lot easier for you um, as a parent to, you know, to meet those needs.
1: And I think as you're spending that time together and having fun together, that connection is going to also reduce the behavior challenges because they will feel better inside and they will feel more connected to you. And I think that kind of balances things out well with the, With the attachment dynamics and meeting their needs in that way, relationally, emotionally, kind of keeps them in a good place, keeps you connected together on the same team as opposed to trying to um, make sure they're doing something and you feel like you're against them or they're against you, kind of Mm -hmm. coming along the same side to we're in this together and we're doing this as a team, we're together. So I think there's anxiety for parents on having the kids home. They've got their own job requirements to do. They're trying to keep their child in class online, likely more than one person on the internet at the same time. So lots of, lots of distraction and lots of interruption maybe getting bumped off the internet or, you know, different, all the IT technology there that's all converging at once. I mean, there's just so many things. There's that aspect of the anxiety that's really hard and stressful. Then there's also when your kid starts going back to school in person and the, are they going to be safe? Are we going to be exposed? As soon as we put kids in school, there's positive cases and it might feel scary to have them exposed further. And it's almost like Hard if they're home, hard if they're at school. Um, And then for some, it's a combination of both. So you've got some school days, they're in person, they do a hybrid version, so then they're home some days. So you're not only trying to adjust to one schedule, you've got different kinds of schedules that are rotating around. So there's a lot of transition, a lot of change, a lot of adjustment. How do you encourage these parents? And kiddos that are trying to adjust with them. There's just a lot of heightened stress, or how do we help settle into what's not normal, but it is our new normal. Right. Right.
2: I think that's a great question. I don't I don't know that I have a, a definitive answer for that. I think that's, you know, there's a lot in that. Um, I guess what I would go back to would be from a parent's standpoint self-care um and you know putting putting on your mask first so that you can be supportive of your child and and be there to meet those needs that, that they have um, and if if I'm doing that then their discomfort or anxiety will lessen because my anxiety's there right you know, you know, what are your thoughts, Julie?
1: Well, it's interesting because we often end up talking about self-care and nobody really initially likes the idea of, because it seems I've said the analogy before of if you're drowning in a boat and you hand someone a spoon and you kind of pour out the water that's coming into the boat with this little spoon, like how in the world is that ever going to help? And yet by the time I have worked with folks and they've changed their relationship with themselves, that they care more about how they feel that they realize if we treat ourselves, well, we feel better. Like if we are nurturing and kind and gentle with ourselves, we feel like, Oh, that, that feels kind of good. I want to keep doing that. I feel better. I feel happier. I feel more content, more peace. I'm able to like that widens my window of tolerance. I'm able to um, withstand more of the stress. And I can do more of it then and I can continue that self-care. And oftentimes when people come back and tell me about how they're doing so much better and they ask or, you know, I'll ask them, like, what do you think was a key part of that? How has it been um, better? What what's changed? And inevitably, they say they've increased their self-care. They really started taking better care of themselves because the foundational things of getting enough sleep and eating the right nutrients, staying hydrated staying connected to friends, even if it's, um, through FaceTime or zoom or a walk at the park, or even just texting to reach somebody so that you're not just going through, um, your day on your own, but you're actually having relationships that matter that you're able to connect to. Like all of that is life-giving and the more things that you do like that and that you realize are, um, small things add up. They all contribute to, to really helping to feel better. So I definitely echo how important that is because you really can't continue the stress level when you're depleted and you're not getting restored anywhere. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I also think too, you know, um, I was talking with my therapist kind of just about expectations of being an adult and just having it all together you know, I think that I could see a lot of people and just also ex- extending that maybe to some situations that I've been into, you know, like kind of denying self-care, whether that's emotional or physical or mental and just being like, you know, oh, I should have it together by now. You know, I should, uh, um, you know, adults are stronger than this, you know, and to just like, like you said, kind of using a single spoon to just dig out the water um just being like yeah and plus I I got a massage like 2 weeks ago so I already just treated myself <laughs> or or whatever whatever it is um instead of like you know a daily check-in or or kind of like making sure those needs are met almost a, at every point so um i just thought that was an interesting kind of maybe connecting that to that who, to somebody who kind of i don't know sees things how i recently did mm-hmm. you know
2: mm-hmm. it sounds to me like Talking a little bit about self-compassion, you know, and accepting that accepting our our imperfectness—that's yes, word—but well. um, just being being human, you know, um, and we don't have all the answers to some of these things, and um, even though we wish we did, <laughs> you know, we don't have all the answers, and
1: I think it makes so much sense to be able to accept and even celebrate our humanity. Like humans are pretty amazing, incredible people. Like, you know, we can go through a lot. We can withstand a lot. And we also hurt and we bleed and we need rest and we have limits. And so there's just all these dynamic, amazing, wonderful things about each person's uniqueness and who they are. And then there's also that shared humanity of we struggle and and we hurt and we need to be able to have compassion towards ourselves whenever it's hard and not keep pushing so hard. Listen to our bodies that are trying to help us and heal us and support us. That when it's time to slow down or it's time to take a break or we need to um, rest or pull back a little bit at times. We don't always have to work so hard and push so hard and try so hard. And if we get out of balance on the other side, I will say like, cause there is, you know, maybe there's folks that have a hard time doing anything at all. And so it's like trying to mobilize that into small steps of what are the things, what are the steps I could take to do something that maybe I put off or hadn't been focusing on? What can I kind of bring to the, forefront of what I can kind of set some intention. The other question that was asked of me this week is what do we do whenever we're all handling this differently? Whether it's, you know, some people are really um, frustrated with masks and they don't think we need them or they don't set as many boundaries. And, um, you know, I've heard the phrase, you shouldn't live in fear. You've got to live your life. And then there's people that counter that with, it's not living in fear if you're walking in wisdom and using what we've been told by uh, medical professionals. But I think there's differences on what medical professionals even believe. So we've got all kinds of different views when it comes to um, quarantining and the pandemic. And then we're going to pretty soon be headed towards this election where there's, again, all different sides of how do we help our nation? How do we um, have some leadership that can really make a difference? And what do we do with all those different views out there? And what do you do whenever those different views are even with your own family and friends?
2: That's a tough one,
1: Joy. (laughs) 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 Right? That's a tough one. Yep, it is. think. It's uncomfortable. It is. And messy, Mm -hmm. for sure. I wonder what
2: I've seen just like, you know, whether that's the news or within family and, and those kinds of things is I think that if we could just very intentionally listen to others and just try and whether we agree with them or not, from the, any political standpoint, you know, or, or wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or or whatever it is, but just trying to understand and coming at it from a place of curiosity of, you know, let me see if I can, if I can get it from your shoes so that, you know, and whether I agree with it or not, doesn't, you know, I, I may not change my mind and that's okay. But, to be heard and and to have your opinion kind of like valued. I think that's I wonder if that's where I think that's where I would like to see things go, you know, instead of well, this is the way it is or you know, I'm I'm just not listening to what that person says. Um so
1: I think that's so true. People jump into an argument to defend and fight and and say against each other's sides or viewpoints or there's so much energy of emotion they're so frustrated or irritable or angry or whatever instead of just pausing to say what would it be like to try to understand what would it be like to see a different perspective
2: and how could that change things
1: I think it does interestingly I think it does come back around to so often our sense of boundaries of it's okay that i have my thoughts and feelings and perspectives and ideas and viewpoints and someone else has theirs and they might be different and they might there might be different ways of doing things and sometimes that's hard you know if we if we hold on tight to how we're viewing something that imagining something different can be challenging for people, but maybe not taking it personally. If, if somebody sees something differently, there's a reason for their perspectives and their experiences. There's probably some context and some history to it. I would imagine.
2: There was um, a therapist that, that actually I, I still see um, shared something with me about you know, having just kind of what you're talking about, about having that space between what I believe and what you believe. And if you, you know, I even, I even think about it and put my hand on my chest and then my other hand kind of is away from me saying that there is space between us, between two people where it's not lack of connection, but it's, for me, it's that visual reminder of Like I have my feelings and I can have my thoughts and my opinions and this person is, should have, be able to have their thoughts and their values and their opinions. And we can be in the same space and still have that. And that's, that's healthy. Like that is okay.
1: Absolutely. We use those same hand motions on our episodes. Oh really? For boundary work. Uh Uh-huh. If you go to our boundary episode, there's hand on your heart and hand extended and. The idea of differentiation that, you know, I'm a separate person and that helps me have a strong foundation as a sense of self of who I am. And then it gives me the ability to listen to somebody else because I don't maybe worry or fear that I will get lost in the middle of that. I can hold on to a sense of who I am and also listen to who the other person is.
0: Yeah, I can also imagine that being a good parenting technique, you know, because I remember as a kid having such varied feelings and kind of like that kind of pendulum back and forth of big highs and low lows. So being able to do that with your kids in a stressful situation, you know, like COVID-19 quarantine is, uh, COVID-19 quarantine, I don't know if I said that right. But anyway, just being able to mentally separate, I use that boundary thing all the time just to kind of separate myself from sometimes like I'm so into the emotions of the whole room whatever it is that I'm lost in it so to be able to remind myself oh yeah my own person I'm able to clear my head a little bit sure okay so yeah as we near the end of the episode we uh finish with kind of either gratitude or an affirmation um so you know uh I will go ahead and start, you know, uh Nope. I uh <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have these and sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know how to word that. So, uh go ahead. You know, maybe uh maybe I'll just say what I'm thinking and you guys can help me think of an affirmation, but I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad that and I feel really accomplished that I did bike mm. to Yellow Springs and back. It's like 150 miles, you know. So, um, I'm just trying to word like, you know, I have been increasing my own stamina with my bike and stuff like that. So maybe it's, uh, being diligent. Mm. Maybe it's something about me being diligent, but, uh, I'm not sure I'd have to kind of look into that. Maybe just like, I don't know. There's an affirmation somewhere, but I am grateful I am that strong. I did the
2: drip. Mm-hmm. yeah I I endure. Endure. Yes. I like that.
1: I'm up for adventure.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> I can take on a challenge. I'll, I'll go next
2: if you want me to. Um, I guess I'd like to do gratitude. And I would say I, I, I'm grateful for this experience. I want to thank you guys. This is just, Julie, it's always a delight to get to spend time with you. Um, and Samuel, it's great to meet you. I've definitely, I've heard a lot about you just kind of all through the years. Definitely. All good things. All good things. Um, so just really just really grateful to be able to spend time with you guys.
1: So connecting that into another gratitude that was really awesome this week, actually. I was listening to the call map, which I'm very faithful to. I really love to use that every day. But there was um one of the meditations that they had us do was like imagining love that we're able to receive in. And then what it's like to give that love out and who are your support people? And he said, include people like your mentors, your friends, your teachers, authors, people who have like just been influential in your life. So I started imagining all these things. And the picture that came to mind for me was these little hearts almost like confetti in the air that were just kind of like pouring down on me, like the different people that have been influential to me and have mattered to me. And he talked about the idea of like not being alone, that you have people with you. You are never alone. You have these people in your heart. And I just thought of all that kind of showering down like confetti or like this magical rainbow hearts mm. that were just mm. tiny and in the air and just kind of kind of pouring over me and it was really beautiful to have that moment of connection of just the people that you know Betsy we don't get to see each other all the time and you know when our paths cross and we're able to send a message or when i see your name or something i just think my heart is warmed you know i'm just so grateful so And remembering that we have that with people, you know, even in the midst of quarantine and hard times, it's like there are people that our lives connect with and remembering that we're not alone and that we do all matter. You know, relationships matter. People matter. Listening to hearts matters. Like, that's good stuff, So.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, Betsy, for joining us. Um, So great to have you on the show. Thank you. Um, For our listeners, we will see you again in two weeks. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I can't wait to talk with you then.